All right, start the book of 1 Corinthians. We'll be in 1 Corinthians chapter number 2. 1 Corinthians chapter number 2. And I look forward to the Bible study this evening. And I am going to, uh, I believe, have to hasten uh, a little bit because uh, there's a few, several points I want to make this evening. Uh, but I look forward to what God has for us in His Word. And then a little bit, a couple weeks probably, uh, if not next Wednesday, uh, get into the Bible study uh, series on the church and what the Bible says about the local church and things for us to be reminded of in that respect. Uh, but tonight I want to read the entire chapter of 1 Corinthians chapter number 2, all 16 verses. And so you follow along with me as we begin with verse number 1 of 1 Corinthians chapter number 2. And I, brethren, when I came to you, came not with excellency of speech or of wisdom, Declaring unto you the testimony of God. This is the Apostle Paul writing. For I determined not to know anything among you save Jesus Christ and Him crucified. And I was with you in weakness and in fear and in much trembling. And my speech and my preaching was not with enticing words of man's wisdom, but in demonstration of the Spirit and of power. That your faith should not stand in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. Howbeit we speak wisdom among them that are perfect, yet not the wisdom of this world, nor of the princes of this world that come to naught. We speak the wisdom of God in a mystery, even the hidden wisdom which God ordained before the world unto our glory. Which knew of the princes of this world knew, which none of the princes of this world knew, for had they known it, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. But as it is written, I have not seen, nor ear heard, nor have entered into the heart of man the things which God hath prepared for them that love him. But God hath revealed them unto us by his Spirit. For the Spirit searcheth all things, yea, the deep things of God. For what man knoweth the things of a man, save the spirit of man which is in him? Even so the things of God knoweth no man but the Spirit of God. Now we have received not the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit which is of God, that we might know the things that are freely given to us of God." Which things also we speak, not in the words which man's wisdom teaches, but which the Holy Ghost teacheth, comparing spiritual things with spiritual. But the natural man receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness unto him. Neither can he know them, because they are spiritually discerned. But he that is spiritual judges all things, yet he himself is judged of no man. For who hath known the mind of the Lord, that he may instruct him, but we have the mind of of Christ. So much wonderful truth in chapter number two, of the book of 1 Corinthians. But I want to do kind of a survey of the chapter this evening, and I want to uh, point out a contrast, and then at the end, remind us of what our hope is in, what we have to put our uh, faith in. And tonight I've entitled this God's Wisdom or Man's Wisdom. God's wisdom or man's wisdom. As we serve the Lord, as we preach Christ, we must be reminded that it's not man's wisdom that we're appealing to. It's not man's wisdom uh, that we want to use, but it's God's wisdom. And there's several things that I'll touch on this evening that reminds us of where that wisdom comes from. Because God's wisdom didn't begin in you didn't begin in me, uh, but we have access to God's wisdom, and I believe tonight will be a help to us. Father, help us as we look into your word. May that, the spirit that's spoken of in this chapter uh, 
May he speak to us. May he minister to us. And Father, I pray that uh, we'll have a clear mindset of where our hope is, our faith is. Good reminder for us tonight as we deal with the things of this world. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. The Apostle Paul, of course, is, is writing to uh, the church in chapter number 2. Let me remind you, in chapter number 1, uh, towards the latter part of the chapter especially, Paul speaks much about his purpose. He speaks much uh, about his cause. Uh, he speaks of the preaching of the cross. He reminds the church that is, that is what he's all about. That's his purpose, is to preach the gospel of a risen Savior. Uh, he gave a great pattern for that. He reminds them, and I want to point this out before we get into chapter number two, he reminds them that the preaching of the cross is foolishness. This world looks at what we have our hope in. This world looks at the message of a risen Savior, and they look at that as foolishness. Uh, he reminds them it is by the foolishness of preaching that some are to, to, to save them that believe. Uh, he lays a good foundation, a good reminder for all of us that our goal and our purpose should not be to do what makes sense to this world. Because the answer to man's need is not going to appeal to the intellect of man. It's not going to appeal to the wisdom of man. He reminds them that the foolishness of God is wiser than men. One of my favorite verses. Uh, man just, just, just likes to talk about how smart man is, don't they? And a man is this, a man has done this. Uh, the foolishness of God is wiser than men. God uses the base things of the world. He, man looks at a messenger and I think of how discounted those religious uh, scholars looked at the crude, if you will, ordinary fisherman Peter. I these are unlearned and ignorant men. They wouldn't listen, many of them, because they were unlearned and ignorant men. They failed to realize that it was the message of a risen Savior that they should have been listening to and not discount. Why? It was the it, there was, it was the wisdom of man that uh, they put their confidence in. So as a reminder in chapter number one, as Paul lays that foundation for us, and he reminds the church of that which is important. And by the way, in this day we live in, not just on Easter Sunday, it is the preaching of the, the cross. That is what makes a difference in this world. Uh, that is what is important to this world. And tonight I'm going to touch on some things that uh, if we're not careful, uh, we can drift in what is our, the purpose of the church. There's a lot of quote-unquote churches today that they exist to appeal to what man wants. They exist to appeal to man's intellect. Uh, the preaching of the Word of God, that's not what it's intended to do. It, it has a completely different purpose. There are some things this world will never understand. And so you and I have got to be careful because we live in a day that political debate is put up there and for all of us. And that's, I'm not against political debate. I'm not against idea versus idea. But when it comes to the things of God, there's no debate. They should not be presented in a, in a form of debate. Now, I have no problem defending what I believe, but the truth of the, a risen Savior is to be proclaimed. 
It is to be preached. It's not, to, it's not there to appeal to the intellect. of it. Well, can you explain that? The best way to explain it is God did it. God is the one uh, who uh, conquered death. Now, Paul comes to them, and notice in verse number 1, And I, brethren, when I came to you, came not with excellency of speech or of wisdom, declaring unto you the testimony of God. Paul did not come in his wisdom and education. I would dare say, as Paul writes to these Christians at Corinth, he was smarter than all of them. More educated than all of them. Paul was a scholar. But he says to them, I, come not with, I came not with excellency of speech or wisdom. He did not depend on his education to get the truth. Now, certainly God used his knowledge and wisdom, but that's not, he didn't come to appeal, let me, my intellect appeal with man's intellect. He had already established to the, to the preaching of the cross to them, that, to, the, to the world is foolishness. Notice verse 3. And I was with you in weakness and in fear and in much trembling. Paul reminds them of his own humanity. He doesn't bring the message with his wisdom and his education. He reminds them of his weakness and fear and much trembling. And there are some things that this world will just never understand. Now, let me give you the outline. I want to walk you through the outline. And the last point that I give you is going to tie it all together. I want to say, first of all, our message is not given with the world's wisdom. Notice verse number 2. For I determined not to know anything among you save Jesus Christ and Him crucified. What is our message? It's Jesus Christ and Him crucified. That is the message, the preaching of the cross. It's the death, the burial, and the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. That is the gospel. Uh, notice verse number 4. My speech and my preaching. Well, it would have been amazing to hear Paul preach, wouldn't it? But notice this, in my speech and my preaching was not with enticing words of man's wisdom. He tells them what his preaching was not. It was not the flowery speeches. It was not to entice with how much I know, how wise I am to appeal to your intellect. There's too much preaching today that's trying to appeal to the intellect of man instead of preach to the heart of that same man. And you're never going to dress up the gospel in an intellectual way where it is received by men in their wisdom. He says, I did not come with enticing words of man's wisdom. Then he tells them how he did come, but in a demonstration of the spirit and of power. The spirit of God can do what education cannot Say, well, I just, you know, is, oh, just that, you know, like I use the example of, of, of the Apostle Peter. This is dumb old fisherman. But he also said, that it was, I perceive that they have been with Jesus Christ. There was a power that they had that superseded. The intellect. What we need in this world is not, what we need in this world as far as preaching goes is not for preachers to, to appeal to man's wisdom like in a political debate, but to be able to preach in, in the demonstration of the power and spirit of God. 
but we need our Christians as we live our life, our Christian life, and we live as a witness and a light in this world. Uh, it, it, so many things, well, it just doesn't, it doesn't make sense to them. It's not going to make sense to them. But if you have the Spirit of God, and we'll touch on that in a moment, the Spirit of God can do what intellect cannot don't be intimidated about giving the gospel. Well, I, have, I never got to go to Bible college. I never did, did, did any of those things. It's the spirit and the power of God that saves, not an education. Man, some of the best soul winners I've ever been around, you'll hear them talking. It's like, why does anybody ever listen to you? It's the spirit and the power. Now, if you're educated, you don't have to dumb yourself down. Now, folks, I just want to you know, talk like you know how to talk. But Paul had the education, Paul had the wisdom, but he did not try and use that to appeal to man. He, his message is not given with the world's wisdom. Our message does not come from this world. Our message comes from another world. Our message is Christ crucified. He reminds them of that. He, he, I don't know, want to know anything among you. I don't want to preach anything else save Jesus Christ and him crucified. Paul had no interest. He wouldn't fit in with a lot of crowds today. He had, just like he didn't then, he had no interest in showing people how smart he was. He had no interest in letting people know that I know this and I know all of these things. He just wanted to preach Christ so that men could be saved. I think you ought to know this book. I think you ought to study this book. I think you ought to learn it as much as you can. But, but it's not about how much you know. It's about the spirit and power of God and the gospel, Christ crucified. That's why preaching today can get so far off, off base and, 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 and it glorifies the man of knowing how much they know and how much, well, I'm so thankful that I was reared under and trained under men who put the truth out there and it was about the truth. It was about being able to get the truth and apply it to our own life. That's what Paul did. He said, I, I came to you. He, he says, his message is not given by the world's wisdom. Let me make statement number two. Our faith should not be in man's wisdom or logic but in the power of God. Our faith should not be in man's wisdom or logic, but in the power of God. That Verse 5, that your faith should not stand in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. Um, a lot of preachers have been pulled away from the truth because they were intimidated by somebody with a lot of letters behind their name. A lot of Christians in this day we live in are enticed by false prophets on the internet because those appeal to things that logically make sense, but they're not scripturally sound. Our faith should not be in man's wisdom or logic, but in the Power of God. You know, let me illustrate this, I think, perfectly. You hear a lot today about science. If you believe in science, you believe that God is the creator. Because God wrote the laws of science. And nobody can break them except God. He wrote the laws of science. Well, I read of how Joshua is in the battle with, with the, with fighting the enemy and, 
and, and he, it's going to get dark, and I don't have enough time in the day to kill all these people. And God, would you let the sun stand still? Global warming didn't make that day longer. God did. Now, let me help you because there's a lot of man's wisdom that is espoused. And that's why this is a good Bible study for us to be reminded of because we need to be reminded I'm not depending on man's wisdom. That's not what we are appealing to. And there's a lot of woke churches that are appealing to man's intellect and they're not preaching the gospel. Let me, let me help you. God wrote all the laws of science. Today, though, modern science is just man's wisdom and logic. They write the laws according to how they think what makes sense to them. They've denied that God is the creator, and they think this world it had to evolve over millions of years. There's, if there's no creator, there's no other explanation. This makes sense to man. Now, if you really think about it, it don't make sense. But in man's wisdom, global warming is a hot one. And, you know, it's always, you know, it's going, well, why? Because it, well, it's the earth, the temperature rose a degree in the last hundred years. As we think, because we don't believe in a risen Savior, we don't believe in God, that means that there has to be catastrophic, well, what they've done, they've taken their wisdom and they've applied it to their science. But all they got to do is read this book and they understand that this world isn't going to burn up until God burns it up. It's interesting, you, you go and you visit places and you go to the different museums and different things and the things they come up with to explain away creation to explain away the flood there's a i don't watch a, a, a much tv at all but there's a the show that that uh uh my wife likes aerial america have y'all seen that well anyway it takes you from different cities and states in the country and shows you all kinds of things about them. there were things that took place there were ice ages in this country that i didn't even know happened I can tell you how the Grand Canyon got here. Because millions and millions of years ago. Okay, if you're, you don't have the Spirit of God and you walk up, how many of you have been to the Grand Canyon before? That's a big hole. You know, it's like, oh, it's a big hole. But when you see it, it is literally like God took a paintbrush. And pa how do you explain that other than God? Other than the flood? How do you explain that? Well, it would have to be erosion over millions and millions and millions and millions of years. It'd have to be this ice age came and this and that. What are they doing? They are taking their wisdom, their logic, and calling it science. Our faith should not be in man's wisdom. So don't be afraid if you hear the, the world. I mean, the, I mean we got, you know, I, I'm, not, I'm not for going and burning down rainforest. But at the same time, God did give man dominion over the earth and just personally you can draw your lines wherever if it's the same people who are writing laws keeping you from building and expanding because saving the spotted owl are the same people who are okay murdering babies i don't 
I don't don't give, I don't care. Anyway, our faith should not be in man's wisdom or logic, but in the power of God. Well, can you explain to me how God, well, how did this world get God? You mean to tell me that you believe that God in the beginning said, and that's what it was? Makes a whole lot more sense than what you put your faith in. You mean that God just spoke those stars into existence? Yeah, that's, that's, a, that's a pretty good explanation. Um, that's what my faith is in. It's in the power of God. Man must be careful when it comes to man's wisdom, when it comes to man's logic. Well, that's, be careful when, you, when you're thinking about something, you're doing with something in your own life, say, well, this just makes sense to me. You better check that with Scripture. Because there are some things in this book that don't line up with man's logic. Well, how do you explain it? The power of God. That's what our faith is in. That's that what our hope is in. I'm not worried about World War Three or all these things that could, or the, the end of the world and all of these things because I'm not going to be here. You really believe that that, that, that one day that some trumpet's going to sound and, and the Savior's going to be caught out of here? Oh, yeah. Well, scientifically explain that. Don't have to. Because it's the power of God. Our faith should not be in man's wisdom or logic, but in the power of God. Statement number three. There are things that we cannot know unless they are revealed to us. Let's read verse 6 through 10. Howbeit we speak wisdom among them that are perfect, yet not the wisdom of this world, nor of the princes of this world that come to naught. Verse 7, but we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery, even the hidden wisdom, which God ordained before the world unto our glory. So Paul's writing, there's some things that God has hid that we don't know. It doesn't mean that God doesn't know it. God knows it all. There's some things that, there's some things that um, take Moses, for example. There are some things that God had not revealed to him that's revealed to us because he has chosen to reveal it at this time. Verse number 8, which none of the princes of this world knew, for had they known it, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. But as it is written, I hath not seen nor ear heard, neither, neither have entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for them that love him. Verse 10. But God hath revealed them unto us by his Spirit. For the Spirit searches all things, yea, the deep things of man. There are some things that we cannot know unless the Spirit of God reveals them to us. You, you think of, I'll use heaven and hell as an illustration. Heaven's a real place. Hell is a real place. There's some things about both of those places that the Spirit of God, the Scripture tells us, the Spirit of God confirms them in our heart and mind. How are these things revealed? Well, I got a word of knowledge. No, you didn't. Because... Well, the Spirit, no, we'll get to that in just a moment. But they are revealed by 
His Spirit. There are things that are illuminated to us by His Spirit. There are things, as you read this book, as you grow as a Christian, the the Spirit of God is a teacher. He's going to teach you. He's going to show you. He's going to uh, instruct you. That's why I point this out. I don't need to spend much time on it because because the the last point gives a whole lot more meaning to everything that we've already discussed. But don't get frustrated in this world when they think differently than we do. I mean, in the last couple of years, you've seen all these explanations of why things have happened, what it means, you know, all these different, you know, and you got to understand, some of these people, they don't have bad intentions, but the Spirit of God has not revealed to them things that He reveals to the child of God because they depend on man's wisdom. They depend on man's logic. They depend on man's intellect. You and I, as a child of God, we should not depend on that. Well, I, I, I want to know what, well, there's some things, like, when is, how is this going to take, the Spirit of God can reveal that to us. Now, let me get to the, the final point, and I'll spend the rest of my time here, and this is going to s- s- summarize everything. This is the main point I want to, want to make. Number four, we know these things. They have been shown to us, illuminated to us, because we have the mind of Christ. Why do we know how it's all going to end? Because they've been shown to us by the mind of Christ. Look at verse 15. But he that is spiritual judges all things. Yet he himself is judged of no man. For who hath known the mind of the Lord that he may instruct him? But we have the mind of Christ. How are things illuminated? How are things shown to you and I? You, you ever look at a puzzle? You ever look at a picture? Oh, I didn't see that before. Maybe, you know, you turned the light on. That, that helps. Uh, whatever the case. And you can't find your keys. And... Uh, you know, and, you know, the women, you know, yeah, that man, if his head wasn't attached to him, he'd leave home without his head. And, and, and two minutes later, it's like, have you seen my phone? Call my phone. You know, we lose things. Well, maybe somebody helps us point it out and say, there it is. Or it's like, hey, can you, have you seen my phone? I can't find my phone. Some of you, this is a phone, people. This is, it's, po- it's pointed out to us. What is it, or what, what is it that gives us the wisdom? What is the Spirit, how does the Spirit, it's the mind of Christ. How does the Spirit reveal things to us? The mind of Christ. Well, I just felt the Spirit talking to me. If you feel Him speaking to you, He's speaking to you through the Word. That's how He speaks to you. There are no revelations outside of the Word of God. That's why if there is a religion that has things that are not in this book, it is a false religion. Because this is the mind of Christ. I wish we could know what, what Jesus would think about all these things going on today. We do. It's in here. You just got to get in here. And you've got to use the discernment. Now, notice 
Let's go back to verse number 12. Thinking, understanding that all these things we just mentioned, we don't need the logic of man. We have the Spirit. We have the power of God. There's things that God has kept from us until He chooses to reveal them to us. And, and how does He do that? It's by the Spirit of God. We know that we have the mind of Christ. I love how Paul begins chapter number 2, speaking of, the, of, a, of a crucified Christ, and the, he ends chapter 2 with the mind of Christ. We have the mind of Christ. Now, how do we apply all these things considering we have the mind of Christ? Look at verse number 12. Now, we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit which is of God, that we might know the things that are freely given to us of God. God wants us to know some things. God wants us to uh, be blessed. God wants us to have uh, security, and God wants us to have a foundation, and He wants us to have His power, and He wants us to have what we need to reach this world. So how is that revealed to us? It is not received by the spirit of this world. Man has a, has a logic. It's not God's logic. There is the Holy Spirit, and then there's the spirit of this world. But the Spirit which is, look at verse 12, but the Spirit which is of God, that we may, we might know the things that are freely given to us of God. Now, there's some things that God wants you to know, and you must have the Spirit. Well, I hope I get the Spirit. How many of you are saved tonight? You got the Spirit. A lost, it's, it's sad. Almost it's funny, but it's sad. To see a politician which cannot go know God, not that politicians can't, well, maybe a politician that cannot know God because they're for murdering babies, they're for all these things that God's against, try and quote a scripture verse. And you're like, how in the world? They didn't even get close to that. Or they take something and say, well, we know God was a, Jesus was a socialist. Because they read certain verses and that's how it, it, it sounds to them. It's, well, how do you know, how do, how do you Christians know different? Because the Spirit has revealed it to us. That we might know those things that are freely given to us. Look at verse 13, which things also we speak, not in the words which man's wisdom teaches, but which the Holy Ghost teacheth, comparing spiritual things with spiritual. How do we know these things? The Spirit of God teaches us. Depend more on the Spirit of God than you do on man's wisdom. It's the, how, how do you know these things? It's the Spirit of God. Paul is the human writer of this letter, but he was moved by the Spirit of God. I don't have time to go through the history of how God has, how this book is inspired and then preserved. The Spirit of God is the author of this book. The Spirit of God lives within you as a child of God. The Spirit of God teaches you. Anybody ever done this? I, I, I don't think I'm the only one who's done this. You're reading and you read something that you've read countless times. And it's like, oh, that wasn't there before. 
But you look at it again, it's been there the whole time. But the Spirit is teaching you something. Say, why then? Maybe you need it right then. Maybe you're actually paying attention to what you're reading right then. Maybe that fat principle had to be built on top of another one that you had to know first. Maybe you're further in your Christian life today than you were a year ago, and it's easier for you to accept. There's a lot of reasons why, but the, the fact of the matter is, it's the Holy Spirit that teaches us. How does He teach us? He teaches us the mind of Christ. Are we not? At, at, we get saved because of the preaching of the cross, the death, the burial, the resurrection of Christ. It's faith in what Christ did. That's how we get saved. And upon our salvation, it's, it's the Spirit of God that convicts us. It, once we have that faith goes in Christ, it's the Spirit of God that seals us, indwells us. It's the Spirit of God that bears witness with us, with the Word of God, the mind of Christ. We should be striving to be more like Christ. How many, okay, you start being around somebody a long period of time. You get married and before long, you're answering his sentences. I mean, that's not a good, a good illustration. You might just be overbearing. I don't know. Um, let me put it this way. You, you don't have to ask some, you don't have to ask because you know how the, what the answer is going to be. Sometimes you get to know your pastor that way. He's like, I'm not asking. I know what he's going to say. Or a child says, why don't you ask, somebody says, why don't you ask your own? Well, I don't need to. I know what they're going to say. You know them. What do you know? You know their mind. You know what they're going to say. You know how, you, you know who they are. The, I would say after, I mean, I've been on staff here for 25 years. I've been the pastor here nine years. Most of these men have worked around me for a period of time. I could say over time, they are more and more like their pastor. Now, though Stanley has been around me the longest, instead of him looking like me, I've started looking like him. <laughs> what does it mean that they are like their pastor? They know how I think. They learn, they, 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 they've been around me enough to know this is what pastor's response is going to be. This is what he's going to say. Do you see where I'm going with this? If we're going to be like Christ, we don't have a glorified body. What, what should we be after? I want the mind of Christ. Because it's his mind that is going to tell me how to live. It's his mind that's going to tell me how to honor him and please him. He's going to tell me what he thinks. It's the, it's, it's that whole, the Holy Ghost teaches us. That's why it's so important when uh, a new Christian or a, a Christian that hasn't ever been grounded in their truth, what's, what's, what's the greatest thing for them to do? Is, is will you give them a stack of books? No. Show up to Sunday school. 
Be in church Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night. You will grow. Why is that? Because it is the mind of Christ that we are learning. It is His mind. The Spirit, look at verse 15. But he that is spiritual judges all things. Yet he himself is judged of no man. The Spirit is judged by man. He's God. The Spirit of God is not concerned with what man's judgment is. But what does what this say? It says, but he that is spiritual judges all things. If you're spiritual, you judge all things. How do you judge it? By the mind of Christ. Is this right or wrong? The mind of Christ. How do we as a church reach a world? Do we do it with wisdom and logic? No. It's the preaching of the cross. It's the Spirit's work in our life. I'll, I'll touch on this and then, then I'll close, but because I want this to be a challenge to us as well as we grow as a Christian, as we... And really, it's, it's important for us to understand as, as chapter number 2 comes to, to a conclusion, these things are important because it goes back to the beginning of chapter number 2 and in chapter number 1, the message is preaching Christ. I'm better equipped to preach Christ if I know His mind. I can't preach Christ without knowing His mind. And we let our wisdom sometimes get in the way. We let our intellect get in the way. Remember, man's, when, I, when I get up, if, if, I'm, if I'm right and I try my best to be, Sunday morning, when this place is full and there's visitors in here, I am not preaching to their intellect. I'm not preaching to their logic. The, the message is Christ crucified, and I want to preach in the spirit and the power of God because I'm preaching to their heart. Because there are some things that are not going to appeal if you just to man's intellect because man is fallen. Man is flawed. Man doesn't know how God thinks. Look at me at verse 6. I'll make this point and we'll close. Howbeit we speak wisdom among them that are perfect. That does not mean those that are without sin, without error. Yet not the wisdom of this world or the princes of this world that come to naught. Paul, is, he writes in verse 5, we've already seen it. Is not depending on the wisdom of men, but the power of God. Verse 7, he saying, but we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery. There are some things that God is going to reveal. He's hidden, and we don't know until we get into the mind of Christ. But he says that there's some, that we speak this wisdom among them which are perfect, mature, complete. He says, Yet not the wisdom of this world. We don't even talk about the wisdom of this world, nor the princes of this world that come to naught. There are some that he did not speak the wisdom of because they weren't around the mind of Christ enough to even understand. You know why sometimes backslidden Christians look at, look at their pastor like he's got like four heads? That just don't make sense to me. You haven't been around the mind of Christ enough. I wish I could understand some things. It's the mind of Christ. Those mysteries are revealed when you get into the mind of Christ. 
Now, as we think of these things, Christ is the message. There's some things the world is not going to understand. This, this ought to keep us on track, preaching Christ, preaching the message. The Apostle Paul was perhaps the most gifted man of that day. But yet he said, I, I didn't come with my education. I didn't come with my wisdom. I came with a simple message. Christ crucified. He'd already written to them in the previous chapter, it's the foolishness. And that is, you think about this. Jesus had concluded his earthly ministry. Jesus had been tried, wrongfully convicted, crucified. And three days later, rose again. Now, there, there, are, there are enough witnesses to his resurrection that present enough evidence in a court of law that it would be proven. That's just an interesting fact. The Bible says he rose. I believe it. The point I'm trying to make is this. It is on the resurrection and then the ascension... Now, that was not shown on Facebook Live. That was not on the evening news. Although, can you imagine the spin? I've tried to imagine when the rapture takes place, all the media outlets, we knew there was aliens out there. And all these people have been abducted. You saw, they, they went up. I mean, there's going to, you, you, there's, that, that will, the same spin will take place. But anyway, you say, you really think, have you heard the things they say today? I forgot what I was going to say now. No. Uh, now Paul goes and he's telling everybody, Jesus, they'd heard the name Jesus. He was crucified. Oh, they knew what it meant. That was that. Bloody execution. We know what the crucifixion is. And three days later, he rose from the dead. That don't make sense. There's no logic to that. The religious scholars that day, there's no way. It, it, don't listen to this crazy man. It doesn't even make sense. The average person who may not have been steeped in any religion, just lost, that doesn't make... Paul didn't change the message to try to make it appeal to their logic. Because it's the message that is salvation. And if it made sense, where would faith be in it? Oh, who resurrected? That happens all the time. No. It goes against man's wisdom. Because man, since the fall of man, has been trying to convince himself that he can save himself. Oh, let's keep Christ our message. And don't, don't be discouraged when you look at people and say, how do they think this way? 
we would think that way if the Spirit of God had not revealed it to us. So instead of getting frustrated and even combative, what do we need to do? We need to preach Christ crucified. It makes no, I can't, I can't fathom the way that people think in this world. But they're thinking like lost men. At the very least, those that name the name of Christ, I don't know if they're saved or not, but they're certainly not spending any time with the mind of Christ. Makes no sense. We don't need to appeal to that intellect. We need the power of God, the Spirit of God. Well, it's a burden, at least it was for me, and speaking to some of our parents with young children, how do you know when my child is ready to get saved? Well, I, I praise the Lord when I knew that all my children had trusted Christ as their Savior. That's a burden off. I praise the Lord for that. So how do, how do you, don't, don't worry about the intellect. The Spirit of God will do a work. But you need the Spirit of God, the power of God in your life is the point I'm making. If you teach a Sunday school class, you work in a ministry. How do I get through to these people? It's the Spirit of God. It's the power of God. Don't underestimate when you open that book on Sunday and you teach it. What are you teaching? You're teaching them the mind of Christ. Oh, the minds today are so corrupt. What do we need? We need the mind of Christ. Let's let this help us tonight. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for...